welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig, and I'm once again joined by my co-host Laurie. Hello, Laurie. Hello. Nice to nice to be in again, Craig. And we're we're joined by guest tonight. I uh, goes under the the name One Man Clapping on the forum. Hello, Greg. Hey, lads. Nice to be back. Nice one, Greg. Thanks for joining us again. No bother. Thought I'd go straight into the, the games the weekend and the best place to start would be the first game up, which is Hibs against Rangers, which was live on ESPN. And I, I don't know if either of you watched it, but the first half especially was, was pretty boring with Derek Ray and Craig Burley seeming to discuss cups of tea and pizzas for the majority of the first half and wishing that they were inside in the warm in the studio. But overall, I think it ended up a, a decent game in the second half anyway. Uh, Rangers got the, the couple of goals. Hibs had a couple of chances. Uh, I think the, the 2-0 two, two scoreline flatters Rangers, but I suppose that, that's a sign of champions that they can that they can score when things aren't going their way. I think when they made it 2-0, I think they'd only had two shots on target. So I thought the, one of the most controversial parts of the game was the, the penalty incident where Hart brought down Wallace. What did, what did you think of that one, Greg? Do you think it's a penalty or do you think Wallace is playing for it? Uh, I mean, I think when I watched it, I mean, I, I didn't see the game, the full game. I saw the highlights, but when I was watching the highlights, my initial reaction was there probably wasn't much in it, but I think they showed it from a, a sort of second camera angle and he's definitely got his, his arms sort of locked in and he's holding them back. So, I mean, if you're daft enough to do that, uh, then Wallace has got every right to go down. The referee sees it again. You're, you're making it pretty easy um, for the ref to give that penalty. So I don't think it was that controversial, to be honest. And then there didn't seem to be too much um, in the way I complained about that. It was, a, it, was a, it was a silly thing for the boy to do, and he's been he's been punished for it. But um, just touching in the game, as I say, I only saw the highlights, but Hibs certainly seemed to be, although it's early days yet, but they certainly seemed to be um, a wee bit more up for the games than they were under Calderwood. And I saw I saw the 45 minutes of the game at Fir Park a couple of weeks ago before it was abandoned. And um, the Hibs side that night, although still lacking a wee bit in terms of quality, um, their work rate and their, and their effort was, was noticeably better than the, the performance when I saw them at Easter Road uh, a month or so back. So it looks as though Fenland's maybe got them um, working a wee bit harder for each other. Than they were doing in, in, in sort of weeks going by for Calderwood. But, I mean, it's, it's a good one for Rangers. Um, Jelovic, I thought, took his penalty really well, smashing penalty, and obviously cropping up with the with the second goal as well. He's, he continues to do the business for Rangers. Yeah, I didn't think there was much doubt about the penalty, to be honest. I thought it was, <clears throat> as Greg said, I thought it was pretty clear cut. Just thought it was stupid as well from Hart. It's really blatant and kind of just having his... That, as, as Greg said as well, just kind of locking his arm in like that. So, yeah, I didn't think there was much doubt. I know there's the penalty shout against Whitaker, which, again, I think the ref got right. So the ref seemed to have a good day all around just to, to highlight those when they when they do happen. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I don't think they could have shown any less desire than they were under Calderwood. So maybe it'll be a while yet before we see if they're really going to turn it around. But usually get that sort of honeymoon period at least when a new manager comes in where the players you know feel they've got a point to prove so yeah it didn't look like a great game again I kind of read some reports and I watched the highlights and even from that it seemed pretty dire but 
it's what Rangers seem to do. They grind out these results in these games where they don't play particularly well. Um, Lee Griffiths always had a glorious chance just before half time, which he he squandered, which maybe could have changed the game a bit. But apart from that, yeah, Rangers took their chances. The opposition didn't do enough. Story of the season so far, and a bit bit disappointed. Crowd wise, I thought was it was eleven thousand. Don't know if that's maybe kick off time. I thought maybe Fenlin first game in charge, home game against Rangers, because they'll fill their kind of four thousand away away end. I thought maybe there'd be more, but. I guess that's a, a sign of the times. But yeah, three points for Rangers. Nothing much more to say than that, which kind of, I think, sums up Rangers' games so far this season. For on the forum, you got Black Dog said, far better performance second half, deserved win, still on top, smiley face. Uh, Sheeny Bob, three points in the pokey, and a wee M8 journey home, loverly, another smiley face. Uh, <laughs> so, uh Smiley faces all around for the, the Rangers fans. Uh, so looking at the predictions, I went for a, a 1-0 victory to Rangers, which would have got me one point in the SFF predictor. Laurie, you <laughs> had your, your green-tinted specs on, and you went for a, a 2-1 victory to Hibs. So uh, that was wild. That was far too out there. Chris had he went for a 1-0 victory to Rangers, so he would have got one point as well. I just try to jinx them. That's just what I do. That's why I always back Hibs, honest. It's, it's, it's a, it's a <laughs> hidden agenda, honestly. So the next game up is Aberdeen against St Mirren. And I suppose, in reflection, Aberdeen are going to be disappointed that they only got a point. But prior to the game, well, a point is a, is decent for them. It's taken them off the bottom of the table. So I think they, they would have been happy with that before the game, but to, really? to go ahead and... Well, I think so. I think St Mirren had, had been doing well prior to this game and Aberdeen woeful. But then the way Aberdeen went 2-0 up, I think they're going to be gutted that they didn't close out the game. I think it's maybe a sign of how they're playing this season that they couldn't do that because normally you'd think after scoring, was it one minute? They scored in, and it was 2-0 after about 17 minutes. Uh, you, you can't see throwing a, a lead away like that. Did either of you see the game? I saw the highlights. Um, I don't think St Mirren have been that great of recent. Uh, I started the season well, but I think it's a game that Aberdeen would have been really hoping to win. You know, They need to start picking up points. I don't think they can, they're can. they in a position to be saying that getting a point at home to St Mirren is a good result for them, even before they were 2-0 ahead. Uh, from I mean you know I've I've got no uh, great affinity with Aberdeen as, as most people know but I I thought they seemed pretty hard done by I know we don't like to these things even themselves out but I didn't think uh, <laughs> things really went for them and I thought there seemed to be a few a few dodgy decisions uh, I don't know if if anyone else would agree with me on that I, I mean yeah great a great strike from Vern to start things off a Mark McGee signing who just to highlight that. that the one player who does seem to get the goals for them. Great ball from Fraser Fivey. Good to see him getting a, getting back into the first team action. For 2-1, I thought, after it went 2-0 up, it looked like handball to me. I thought it must oh, yeah, definitely, looked yeah. so obvious that I thought it must be something. I'd missed something. I watched it back a couple of times. I was like, how did he not give that for... You know, we've said how harsh people are with handballs sometimes, but if you have your hand right up like that to bring the ball down, then surely that's handball. 
<clears throat> I thought the Vernon shout, I think was it the Vernon shout for the penalty? I thought that looked like a penalty. The Fallon one looked a bit dodgy. I thought maybe he could have been a booking for simulation, but I thought Vernon looked like he had a good shout for a penalty. And and then the free kick, everyone was raving. I, I, saw, I heard some of the BBC pundits saying it's the best free kick you'll see all season. I thought it was the worst piece of goalkeeping I might see all season. Well, right above his head. He just didn't want him to save it, yeah. yeah. Could have almost headed it out. It was, <laughs> looked, <laughs> looked like he forgot he could use his hands. It kind of just went right up. I thought it was looked pretty awful from the keeper there. And then, um, yeah, Fivey obviously said something untoward. and they, Maybe that's just his sort of inexperience in his game, getting a bit frustrated. But, yeah, overall, I thought Aberdeen, I thought they seemed a bit hard done by. I'm surprised they weren't a bit more uh, angry at the end. Maybe they were, and I just didn't see it. But I thought Aberdeen seemed a bit hard done by. I know it might be hard for Craig to uh, for Craig. I was going to say Craig Brown for Greg to for Greg to say that. But I thought they were a bit hard done by. Didn't you think so? I think um, I don't think either either shoot for penalties were penalties to be honest. And I might have had my my Clarence and ticket specs on there, but I, I thought they were both soft claims. Oh, the second um, one definitely, I but I thought Vernon one looked a bit. You did... I don't know. Sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't, and yeah, yeah. it's one of these you could you could probably debate it in the night. But for me, I mean, I thinking back to to Laurie's point um, earlier, I mean, Aberdeen need to be winning these games, and especially need to be winning them when they're two 0 up. And yeah, you can point at one or two decisions maybe not going their way, but if you're the home side. And you've been on a bad run, and you get two. I think the second goal was maybe 16 minutes within 16 minutes or so. Yeah, they scored yeah. the second. You're two up after 16 minutes. You've got to go on and coast the rest of that game. And at the very least, the position you're in the league, the last thing you do is is, is, you, is you go on to lose goals and, and drop points. And even if you have to spend the next 70 minutes um, knocking the ball about at the back, you make sure that you you make sure that you get the points. And again, it's it's another worrying one for Aberdeen fans that. Being in a winning position like that, they can um, they can squander two points because at this sort of stage of the, stage of the game, they have to start picking these points up. And I, I agree with the I agree with what you're both saying with the, with the free kick. I think uh, I think when you see it first of all, you think, oh wow, that's a that's a real rasp for them. And you see the replay again. I, I don't know what the keeper was playing at. You know, he seems to have. I think he's assuming it's flying over the bar. That's the only thing I can. Um, I, I, the only reason I can see why he's not. You know, stuck a hand up and made some sort of effort for going for it. And to be fair, the ball does whip over the wall and got quite high, but you've got to make sure you're not letting those ones in. But it's another it's another page in Aberdeen's poor season, to be honest. Yeah, it was a bit of a schoolboy error by the keeper. In that situation, uh, even as a, a defender, just, just get rid of the ball, accept the, the throw-in, accept the, the corner kick, but just, just don't let there be a chance at being a goal. Yeah, and it's one of these as well. I mean, I think... I think it's a confidence thing with Aberdeen just now as well, and uh, you know, man, getting getting that goal and pulling it back to two one. Um, it'd be interesting to hear what Aberdeen fans' thoughts thoughts were on on the sort of team at that point on, because it sounds as though they've maybe um, their confidence has maybe been shaken a wee bit, and then all it takes is a couple of decisions not to go your way, and you start wondering whether or not it's not going to be your day. And as it turned out on Saturday, it wasn't, which. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's just life as an Aberdeen fan just now, I'm afraid. Yeah. So the the game itself uh, finished two two, and prediction wise, Paul Band had chosen this as the the nil nil for the charity bet. So all three of us decided to to back that decision, and we all went for a nil nil. 
So we would have got one point in the predictor, but unfortunately the Paul Man charity bet didn't return anything this week. Boo. I know, I know. Paul's going to have to uh, buck up his ideas. So the, the next matchup is the Celtic game against Hearts, which there wasn't a lot of confidence among us. I think Chris, surprisingly, seemed to be... Uh, I don't know, I want to say the word most confident that Hearts is, is going to put in a, a little bit of a performance because I'd went for a 3-0 victory to Celtic. Laura, you went 4-0. And Chris, he'd went for a, a bit tighter, a 2-1. But the, the match itself finished 1-0. And I, I wasn't listening to the game on the radio, but I was, I was following updates on Twitter, following updates on the, the BBC site. And by all accounts, Hearts seemed to be doing quite well. And the longer the game went on, the more the, the Celtic fans and Celtic players seemed to be getting nervous. And I expected it to be a tight end to the game until Wanyama hit a, a beauty of a strike. I, I don't know how you managed to get such power, such movement on the ball when he was just standing still. There was no run-up to it at all. It was, I think... It, toe poke. It, <laughs> I'm, claiming a, I'm claiming a toe poke. Sort of the highlights tonight, and uh, it's, it's not decisive for the angle, but uh, he's, he's just stuck a toe in that. It's just, he's shanked it into the corner. I'm not buying a great strike. Are you going to pull a Jimmy Hill? <laughs> the only man, I, I'm not buying a great strike. I think he's just poked it and got lucky. I thought, uh, it, I thought, I thought it was good. Looked like it moved a bit too much in the air to be, you know, a toe poke usually just kind of goes bang straight. You know, there's no really. Looked like it kind of dipped I, and moved a bit. These new footballs, mate, you get them with a the toe, they could go anywhere. Like, like a little air <laughs> float away. The little floaters I oh. used to get. Just uh. kick it and it go really fast and then stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at 1 0, then Hearts went up the, the pitch. Was it maybe the 87th minute and got a penalty? I thought that was it Wanyama that jumped up for the, the header and seemed to be a handball. For me, I thought it was a definite penalty, although Wanyama was, was claiming after the match that he didn't touch it, but maybe he would say that. And that's that's when the, the controversy really started because was it Egert Jonsson? Yeah. Placed the ball, Laurie? Yep. He placed the ball. Whether whether it was on the spot or not was is debatable. But then Samaras took it upon himself to stand in front of the ball and, and get the referee to re-spot it. Then once the, the ball was re-spotted, Foster came out as goal and decided that he wanted the ball re-spotted again. And I'm not sure if the referee intervened at this point or Jonsson took it upon himself again to, to re-spot it. And we'll, we then know that he missed the penalty or, to be precise, Foster saved it because... Looking beyond the, the gamesmanship that went on, I thought it was a, a really good save. It's m maybe a good height, but still not easy to make a save from penalties like that. So, what, what did you think? Let's be honest. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit it's it's a, a bit of gamesmanship. It's a bit of psyching them out, but it's nothing wrong. I mean, it's you can moan about it, but they're not breaking the rules, you know. I mean, I don't think <laughs> you know it, it, it's not great, but you can hardly say that. We still, you've still got the same. You've still got a spot kick from twelve yards out, effectively. So you've got to take your chances. Yeah, Celtic. A lot of Celtic fans I was listening to saying that was an outrageous penalty decision. I, I watched it a couple of times and tried to be objective, and I, I it was hard to tell if he did hit it with his hand, but he kind of led with it. So it was, you're running the risk. You've seen them not given, but I, I tried to be as objective as I could. And I, I thought 
he was risking that when he threw himself in for the ball with his arm up like that. So, yeah, but that's kind of academic now. Um, I wish it was, I, I would rather that would have been 4-0, honestly. I said it to my dad afterwards. I was just teasing. That was worse. Go there, you know, yeah. fight, keep it at 1-0 and then miss a penalty to, to get a potential point. I'd rather we got humped 4-0. I'd have accepted that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it sounded like Hearts actually played really, really well. I mean, we weren't obviously going out and making much chances of our own, but we seemed to restrict Celtic. We, they didn't seem to have a lot of chances. Stokes hit the bar with a header, but other than that, there wasn't a great deal of opportunities. And Wanyama, you know, what can you do with that? Absolute uh, cracker of a strike. Um, what can you say? I think on the balance of play, they would have deserved the result, but at Parkhead, with things happening at the moment, it's quite uh, quite quite pleased with the players that sort of performance in. And you know, Scott Brown putting himself about the usual antics from someone who I don't think many people like, do they? Unless you're a Celtic fan, I suppose. Although a lot of them don't like him either. It was interesting afterwards that. Apparently it was it was Hamill refusing to shake his hand, but maybe again I had my maroon tinted specs on when I saw the incident. But from what I saw, he seemed to walk up and Hamill put his hand out and Brown sort of grabbed it and then got in his face. And everyone seemed to be going over to get Brown away from him. So from from my view, it seemed that like it was Brown up to his usual antics. But you know, it's just what happens, isn't it? When I was uh, I was listening to the the game and I was also uh, watching it on. Um, um, Sky Sports so I, I was watching the game on my legal Sky Sports and <laughs> I don't know they, they seemed to be jumping up and down as if Scott Brown was starting a riot with the way he behaved and then I've I've since had a, a good look at it and I don't know for me it, it just seems a bit handbags I, oh, I don't yeah, think there's it's... any need for there to be comments they, they, were, they were talking about some uh, taking action against them retrospectively and I'm thinking well it was just there was no real there was no punches thrown for sure it was it was just really a, a nose to nose it was that kind of thing happened so often I don't think there was any need to to even discuss it getting uh, any action being taken because it's just just part of the game it's, it's maybe not nice no I'm I mean sure I'm, I'm, the... I'm not claiming that I mean the only reason it, it kind of irritated me just because and obviously he's he's obviously been asked but Lenin seemed to be kind of I didn't like how he was kind of... I'd, you know, I don't know, maybe Jamie Hamill said something really nasty to him. You don't know. But it's just Lennon seemed to be saying that Brown tried to run up to him and give him a nice friendly handshake at the end and Hamill sort of dissed him and, pulled, and wouldn't shake his hand, whereas clearly wasn't really what happened, was it? That's that's the only thing well, I know. Not me. from what I've seen, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to... Loads of players do. I mean, Scott Brown's one of those... Whether he's put in a good performance or not, he's the type of player who the other fans will dislike. You know, I'll, I'll sit and defend Ian Black a lot of the time, and you know, I could see exactly he's going to be the type of player who the opposition fans will will rant and hate about. I just find sometimes it it just annoys me a bit when someone will just blatantly say something which isn't doesn't seem to be true at all. And yeah, Scott Brown's one of these guys. You know, he's he's obviously a talented footballer. He doesn't always perform to the, the ability he should, but. He puts himself about sometimes, and Celtic fans will probably love him for it, and the opposition fans will certainly not. I mean, I have to admit, when he turned around and uh, did that to Juve, I, I did quite enjoy that, even though I don't like either of them. I thought that was quite amusing. So, yeah, take it as you will. There'll always be players like that, won't there? And the type of player who either love him or hate him, don't you? 
I think I think Scott Brown's one of these guys that he, he's maybe a really nice guy away away from the game. Who knows? I mean, I, I don't think he's a nice guy personally. But he's, he, <laughs> he seems every time he takes the pitch, he seems to kind of take the pitch with that sort of combative attitude, almost as though he's 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 trying to sniff a fight out somewhere where there maybe isn't a fight. And I think a lot of the time that sort of goes. Um, that sort of goes against him, instance like that. But like you're saying, who knows? Who knows if Hamill said something or something's happened during the game? It certainly seemed like a like a daft reaction at the final whistle. But like I say, you just never know what's what's done and said in a pitch. The game itself, I thought Hearts, I thought Hearts did well. I thought they came out of, um, despite the result, I think they came out of the game with a with a lot of credit, especially given the the goings on at Tynecastle just now in terms of salaries not being paid and the. And the alleged unrest behind the scenes. I thought I thought they'd give a really good account of themselves in a game where they could have just they could have just chucked the towel in, and uh, and like you say, Laurie been in the been in the wrong end of a of a three or a four nil. So they've got to take credit from that. The penalty decision, I, I I've seen it a few times. I don't think it's a penalty. I think it's a I think it's a soft one. If you look at the flight of the ball, um, when the guy comes up, so if he's handled it, he's, he must have sort of he must have sort of hooked over his head back towards. His own goal, and I don't. I'm just not sure that's 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 the sort of thing you would do in there. But that aside, uh, I, I mean, you were talking the gamesmanship stuff, but I, I think you've got to look at the referee here because certainly the the, the first time that um, the ball was placed, it, it was placed forward to the penalty spot. You I mean you can see it from the TV highlights, and it's not that it's slightly forward. I mean, it's it's almost off the penalty spot now. To my mind, Sam Rass has done done the right thing by saying, "Hey, hang on a minute, this ball's not on the spot." Now, the referee clearly agrees with him because he then makes it be respotted. But the referee must be able to see that that ball's not in the spot before Sam Rass even gets involved. So, I kind of question his his um, input into that as well. I mean, I think it looks as though he was just going to let it be played, but as soon as somebody's complained, he's decided on. Oh, actually, I think we'll have the ball respotted and. I think with Foster, I saw sort of extended highlights on on Saturday night, and I think Foster came out just round about the same time that the ball was being respotted for the first time. I'm not sure it was respotted twice. I think he's come out and sort of queried where it was respotted, and was a wee bit of shuffling, a wee bit of turning and throwing, and then he's gone back to his goal. But I mean, you, you credit the goalkeeper there; he's it's a good stop. He's he stopped it with his right hand while diving to his left, but. I mean, if 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 you're a if you're a heart supporter and you're getting a penalty at, at Celtic Park at that stage in the game, you've got to dispatch that penalty. And I mean, it wasn't wasn't the worst one. I mean, if the keeper goes the other way, everybody's talking about a decent penalty kick. But I think, especially when all the sort of gamesmanship's going on, you need to just run up and put the toe right through that one and hope for the best. And um, as I say, that didn't happen. But I mean, for Hearts' point of view, I think they've got to be reasonably reasonably pleased with coming away with a, a credible performance, especially given. Everything else that's going on just now. See, looking at the the, the penalty spot and where the ball has to go, well, what are the the rules involved there? Because we all talk about whether the uh, the ball goes over the line for a goal. The the entire ball has to go over the line. The same if it goes out for a, a goal kick, corner kick, throw in, so on. What's the rules with the penalty spot? Is it the, the bottom of the ball has to touch the the white of the spot or what? I was trying to look it up actually, and it just says. The rules, as far as I could see, just say it has to be on the spot. But I suppose <laughs> different pitch markings will have a bigger spot than others. I mean, I don't know. Professional is a bit different, but I know when I used to play a lot of like amateur football, you'd find that you'd always have to put it to the side because the spot yes. would be like a hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> it wouldn't quite be as bad as that in uh, the pristine well, I suppose. Greg's a Motherwell fan, so he's probably seen worse pitches. <laughs> he's seen worse pitches than I've played on, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I refuse to play at Fire Park even in amateur days. But yeah, so I, I think it doesn't have to be exactly. I think it's similar to the line. I think is the ball has to be on the spot. So technically, maybe he could have still taken it, you know, where it was the first time around. But then the, re- the referee must know what the rules are, and he's he's made them re-spot it. <laughs> You'd hope. So You'd hope, you, would yeah. hope, you would hope that, he, that, that's what I'm saying, if he's making them re-spot it, he, he must agree that there's some sort of infringement. Now, if there's some sort of infringement, how the referee can't see that the ball's not spotted properly, given that he's closer to the ball than any else in that pitch, is, yeah. it's farcical for me. I don't. And if the ball had been the same degree behind the spot, would they let him take it? Would them be complaining? Does it make a difference? No, it's like you're talking an inch, an inch to it. It's, it's not really going to make much difference. It's no, I, I agree. I don't. I, don't I mean, I don't think it really makes that much odds in terms of. I mean, you're only twelve yards out, and to be honest, if you're a professional football player and you're twelve yards out to beat a keeper, I mean, ninety-nine point nine percent of penalties should be flying in. There's no really any excuse for missing them, to be honest. One thing when I was watching it and I was, I was seeing the, the resulting fallout after the game, I was just thinking what Samaras did was nothing compared to what Torres did against Rooney. I don't know if you remember when Rooney, just before he was he was going to spot the ball, Torres went up and just took a massive divot out of the penalty spot right in front of the referee. The referee didn't even do anything. I think I, I, think I do remember that, actually. And that's how he put a player off. You know, I think Rooney might even have scored after that, but I just thought that's that's just pushing it to another level. I mean, the, the gamesmanship things happened for years and years at penalties. I mean, you remember Grobler in the in the in the European Cup final and that you know the famous wobbly legs and all the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. How he hawed and laughed at what a great ruse. So I mean, it's, it's happened forever, and I'm, I'm sure that every single game up and down the country when there's a penalty given. If it's been given against your team, if you're a centre-back or whatever, you're having a whisper in the guy's ear that's taking the penalty and saying, you know, you're blowing this over a bar. If you score it, I'm going to break your leg. Next time again, you're near. I mean, it's, it's going on for years, so, I mean... What kind of football do you play, Greg? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like the old stories, you know, the, the centre-back having, a, having a, a wee word in the, in the centre-forwards here in the first minute and saying, if, if you could pass me today, I'm going to half you in two. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's not right, and it's 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 not um, it's not something you want to see in the game. I suppose you trot that old line out, but come on, it's happening everywhere. And the fact that we're now, you know, headlines are being made, and you know, Twitter's going mad over some supposed gamesmanship. I mean, give it a break, you know. If this if this is what we're talking about now in the game, then there's nothing else going on in the game. If that's that's what's making headlines. There was a, a Hibs defender. I don't know if it was uh, O'Hanlon or. Uh, he'd mentioned that he'd had a wee word in Jelovic's ear about uh, just reminding them that uh, there's a good chance the ball's going to go over the bar, so make sure you keep it low. That's he's helped him. Give him some good advice there. Oh, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I don't think there's there's nothing. The gamesmanship thing was all big hoo-ha about nothing. Same with the, the thing at the end. The only, the only reason I mentioned the thing at the end was I didn't like that it was getting Celtic. Uh, I heard a lot of people inside Celtic seem to be twisting it the other way. It's just... You know the penalty thing is just, just whatever. You've still got you've still got that twelve yards, and the spot thing is almost like to me it's like the whole almost every penalty should be retaken because almost every penalty I see the keeper technically commits an infringement because they always come off the line before he's taken it. 
but you, you very rarely yep. see the ref actually bother bringing it back. I mean, it's because it's just natural, I think, when he's ready to dive. I actually remember Hartley taking a penalty against Hibbs, and Zivia Malkowski tried to tackle him. Uh, like, literally, he was closer to <laughs> he was closer to the penalty spot than his line when Hartley hit the penalty. And that's how bad Zivia Malkowski was. He still couldn't save it. <laughs> he was in... It's so, yeah, it's one of those things. It's you've, The pressure's on Johnson. We missed the penalty. Got to move on. I, I think if it may be another way around, don't want to, to cause a, a fuss, but maybe we'd hear a bit more about it. But it's... Whatever. We, we should have scored the penalty still. I thought Johnson got a bit too much stick. Everyone was telling me it was one of the worst penalties they'd ever seen. And I was like... Oh, definitely not. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. As I say, the keeper goes the other way. That's a good penalty. You see, I sent him the wrong. He's given him the eyes and sent him the wrong way and slotted it, slotted the hole. And it'd be heralded as a great penalty. It's just your luck. Yeah, I as long as it's on sure. target, as long as you're you're making the keeper make a save, then for me, then that's a, a decent penalty. Maybe not great, but because it was it was a, a good height for Foster to save, but on target. It's got every chance of going in. Two weeks running, though. That's two weeks running that we've potentially thrown away two draws with missing penalties. And I don't know if that just sums up the kind of how things are going at the moment. <laughs> that we, Those little fine lines. Defenders taking penalties as well. We used to have Stephen Presley taking penalties. We need to get some strikers on the park. Get them taking penalties. Centre-backs and full-backs taking penalties. Here's, uh, here's, here's one for you if, if you had to pick. You to pick somebody to take a penalty for you to save your life. You can pick anybody. History of football. Who are you going to pick to hit your penalty? History of football. History of football. Oh, you have, you for me, whoever you like. For me, it's going to be uh, <laughs> Zinedine Zidane. Zidane. The, the fact that he, prior to taking a penalty, he actually spewed and then took the penalty and scored. <laughs> that just shows that there's no mind games that's going to affect him. He's just a hundred percent on the penalty. So I that's I'm gonna choose him. That's a good shout. Laurie. It's kinda of hard. It's a hard one to I'm trying to think because there was there was something I've been reading about penalty takers recently. There's someone who's got a ridiculously good record from penalties. Is Graham Ale- is it Graham Alexander I was thinking of? He's got like a ridiculously good record for penalties. Some somebody like that. He had a he had an awesome record up until I think he maybe missed one. But yeah, I think he was hitting a lot of penalties for his club and had a more or less a hundred percent record. But I, I don't know many to to be honest. Oh, but the goalie in South America, Shilavy. There's a there's a guy who surpassed him, I think, and he was taking the penalties as well. He must be good if they're letting him go all that way up the pitch to take a penalty. <laughs> Confident he's going to score. He used yeah. to he used to take free kicks. Never know. He was I loved him when I was a young guy. He was awesome. I'm trying. I'm trying to look up. Uh, I'm trying to look up Graham Alexander's penalty record. <laughs> hey Greg, what about you then? Who would you choose? It was a toss-up for me. I was thinking about coming home in the car today. Um, <laughs> it would. It would either be. Uh, I always thought Alan Shearer had a decent penalty. Yep. Uh, he used yep. to just walk up and put the toe right through it. But I think in, in terms of records, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I've got a funny feeling Matt Latizzi had a had an equally impressive record for the penalty spot. Might be wrong about that, but there's something in the back of my mind. I think he'd, he'd maybe missed one or two in his career or something. It was a, it was a great record. Right, here we go. Here we go. Right, I've got a, a Mail Online article here up. So uh, we'll go the top 10. 10 has got uh, Graham Alexander. It doesn't actually have the stats, but anyway. 9, Zinedine Zidane. 8, Shilavé. 7, Del Piero. Oh. 
Six, uh, Fat Frank. Uh, five, Phil Neal. Who's that, Greg? Phil <laughs> Neal, that's... Uh... That's old Liverpool player, wasn't it, Phil? He used to play for Liverpool. I recognise the name, but it's in black and white, so I thought I'd ask you. Uh, <laughs> five, I don't know, four, sorry, I don't... <clears throat> I, Andreas Bremer. It's, a, it's, no. it's a colour photo. It looks like he, he's, a, he's in a he's a German captain. It looks like it's a 90, maybe 90 World Cup or 92 European Championships top. Kaiser and Bayern Munich, Inter Milan, Real Zaragoza. Either foot, pure German quality. Number th- <laughs> number three is Big Al, Big Al and Shearer. Um, right foot into the roof of the net. This is the style, apparently. Two is Ray Stewart, ex-Dundee United, and St Johnston as well, and Sterling Albion. Don't know if you know, I don't recognise the name. Yeah, I don't recognise uh, And number one is Matt Letizier. It's not right. uh, I don't know what his, uh, could at least give me the stats, you know. Useless. Yeah, I, th- I think he'd, he'd certainly missed, but I think it was it was something like one or two in his his entire career, and he certainly used to he used to hit the penalties for um, Southampton and whatnot. I bet he would miss if he spewed though in the in the run up. <laughs> I bet he would. You think twice. That, that's why it's done for me because you <laughs> never know. You never know when a player's going to have a wee bit of a dicky tummy. <laughs> happened to was it Beckham? He was sick in the side of the pitch. Happened to was it Lineker where he. He soiled himself during the game. <laughs> See, if that had happened to Zidane, he still would have scored the penalty. <laughs> right, so moving on to the the next game in the SPL, the Inverness game against Dundee United, which sounded like a, a belter of a game, especially if you're a Dundee United fan. After going 2-0 down, the, the commentary on the BBC website reminded me that Dundee United haven't come from behind to, to get a victory yet this season. Uh, I'm not sure whether the the highlights, whether the, the commentator knows the the end result when he's coming out with these lines or not, but it did it did seem to be some a nice bit of trivia. So any you watch the game? Saw the again just saw the highlights in the on the BBC. Um, a great comeback for United. You, you've got to say, I mean, with uh, with Inverness getting the getting the goals and and looking fairly comfortable. Um, I think they've done a, I think they've done a great job to, to come back and not just equalise but, but to win the game. But uh, if you're Inverness, I think, I think results like that one, on Saturday start getting you a wee bit worried. I think you start wondering whether or not this is actually going to be your year or not because, um, like we've said and, and probably I think every every podcast this season, I mean they're they're playing some decent football. You know they're they're, they're knocking the ball around well and they're they're doing good going forward, but. Um, when you start shipping goals, uh, when you're turning all up, and I think I mean a couple of the goals, I mean credit to Dundee United they got them, but they, uh, they were pretty scrappy ones to lose from a from an Inverness point of view. So I think uh, I think Big Terry would have been going daft in the in the dressing room at, at full time. But credit to Dundee United, another team that are sort of stuttering a wee bit, and you're coming back from a coming back from a two 0 deficit's really impressive stuff, and. Uh, I thought it was a, I thought it was a cracking celebration from the, the travelling support as well when the third one, third one get in. It's a long way up to Inverness and to go away with a, a three points from Aye. that sort of situation is well deserved, man. There's a couple that looked like they were maybe going to be coming over the barriers. I think there was one or two that might have been getting a, an early exit from a particular ground, but um, <laughs> well done, it's good stuff. Yeah, it seemed an end-to-end game. It seemed entertaining from, from what I saw in the highlights anyway, and uh, yeah. 
Inverness will be disappointed. Uh, thought Johnny Russell, though, could maybe step up to the plate with the <clears throat> absence of obviously Goodwillie since he left. So he could possibly be their, their next kind of talisman up front. Luke finished his, uh, took his uh, goals pretty well. I thought Mackay Stevens looked quite sharp in the left wing again. He's looked like another decent signing. And yeah, entertaining game. Some dodgy defending and scrappy goals, as you'd expect from a, an SPL match. But yeah, big win for United. They've, they've not been playing that well of late. So to come back and, as you say, to, to come back for the first time and get a win after going behind will be a big deal for them. So. Yeah, good win. So looking at the predictions, I went for a 2-1 victory to Inverness. So totally wrong there. Laurie, you went for a 1-0 to Inverness. Wrong again. And Chris went for a 2-1 to Inverness. So there's a lot of confidence for Inverness. And, well, we were all wrong. So the next match-up and the, actual, the, the final match of the, the weekend that was played anyway, was St. Johnson against Motherwell. And I thought this one was going to be a, a tight game, but I was confident that St. Johnson would come away with this with a victory. Sorry about that, Greg. In fact, mm-hmm. Laurie and Chris both thought the same. Mm-hmm. But it sounded all too easy from what I heard on the radio. 3-0, comfortable. Were you there, Greg? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't make the trip north. I was uh, the kids on Saturday, but I probably wouldn't have gone anyway, to be honest. <laughs> Um, I did. I listened to the. I listened to the the, the commentary on the sort of Motherwell, Motherwell TV thing that they do. But I also watched the the game on Alba later on. So I've I've, I've kind of sat through it twice. Uh, a deserved win. We uh, I, again we, we scored the goals at, at crucial times. First goal maybe a wee bit fortuitous. I think I think Incomings had a had a wee bit of a howler from a. It's really a sort of bread and butter cross from Nicky Law, and he's, he's more or less dropped it at Omar Daly's feet. I don't think he'll have a, an easier finish, um, an easier finish all season. Second goal was a um, well worked move. Jimmy Murphy getting on the end of it. Um, he scores his first goal since I think somebody was saying it's the fifteenth of October since he since he hit the back of the net for well. So it's it's really encouraging to see him get back in the score sheet again. Third goal again, a wee bit lucky it's ricocheted off off Jamie Murphy's backside, but. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think St Johnson really offered a great deal in the way of attack. I think that I think they're starting to suffer from the absence of Sheridan and Sandaza. Neither neither one playing on Saturday, so um, pretty comfortable for the well. Which and what could have been a what could have been a tricky away tie, uh, the way St Johnson have been going recently, and we've been sort of stuffing a bit as well. I think I think like most um, I think like most people, you guys have probably predicted a, a St Johnston. Um, a St Johnston victory at the weekend, but uh, it's 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 a great away win for us. I think that's now five five away wins in the bounce. Um, someone was saying, and, and Laurie will be delighted to hear it's yet another win in the lucky the lucky silver away strip. I think they're now campaigning to be allowed to wear at home because it's, uh, it's really some sort of a lucky omen. Ah, uh, you've got. We just wait till Christmas Eve. Get you get you a good Christmas present. Get that run ended. Uh, See. Yeah, it seemed uh, it's Motherwell. It's like Rangers, isn't it? You know, when when things are going for you, they're going for you. When you pull it at the ball in the box, it hits off a player's bum and goes in. That's just the way it goes, isn't it? <laughs> when things aren't going for you, they're not. Go- yeah, one thing I was a bit, I was a bit disappointed. That, you know, when you see fourth versus third in the SPL and there's 
2,800 there. I know it's McDermott Park and St. Johnson have only got like seven fans, but uh, it's, how many stands have they got there? Have they got like one stand left or something now? Gonna build a road right round. Was a yeah, they certainly they don't, they don't open one of the one of the stands behind the behind the goal on the home end. I think as, as every time I've been at Perth for the last god knows how many years, that that stands closed. Do you remember when they had the cardboard fans in them at the seats? Do you remember that? Yep, I do. I remember it well. Yep. <laughs> I used to crack me up. <laughs> so I wanted to know if they were trying to make it look like those fans there. It was, just, it was bizarre. Anyway, I'm just trying to wind Frugal up because <clears throat> they beat us last week. Yeah, so yeah, good win for Motherwell. It certainly didn't seem to offer much. Um, St. Johnson, that is. And yeah, as Greg said, missing their strike force without them. I mean, they can beat Hearts, but you know, it's a different matter, isn't it? So, well, the honeymoon period over for Lomas, so we'll see how he bounces back. Motherwell just jammy. Yeah. It's like the new old firm. I'm just, just going to speak about it. <laughs> Everything's going for them every week, man. You'll come at Tynecastle yeah, yeah, yeah. and they'll hit a 50 yard shot and he'll bounce off the bar and hit Jamie Murphy in the face and then hit off Omar Daly's backside and go in as well something like that anyway yeah but good um, great ball from Haley. he must have he must be up there as one of the best uh, crossers of the ball or set piece experts in the SPL he always seems mm. to be getting good balls in the box and uh, another one for oh, Murphy he's had a great season yeah. um, aye he's a good one for football manager I'll get him in for my set pieces it's a good one, and his dad's all, his dad's always keen to point out whenever I hear him on the radio that his son's a, a dead ball expert, and he's always got a good cross on him. So some good positives for for Motherwell, and yeah, it keeps going on. A shoe in for third at the moment, unless uh, someone can start playing well. I mean, I know St Johnson. Seven points, seven points clear of St Johnson now. Yep, seven clear. I think we've both got a game in hand. Thanks. Oh, St Johnson play Aberdeen, tomorrow, obviously, aye. and we've. Uh, We've got a rearranged game against Hibs. And a, a, a note from last week's podcast: there was some debate as to whether uh, refunds were issued for that game, and I can I can confirm that yes, if you were at that game, you are entitled to attend the rearranged fixture. You lucky devils! All seven thousand of you can go back up to Fir Park in a freezing cold night. Well, yeah, that's a, a decent gesture, though. They didn't have to. Mm-hmm. No, they were handing out I don't know, handing out vouchers or something at the gate in the way out. So you're entitled to come back in if you like. How many people would choose to take that option up though is a is another matter. Who do you want to win tomorrow, uh, Greg? Who do I want to win tomorrow? It's a tricky one, isn't it? It's a, a split loyalties. I would uh, a draw. I'd happily take a draw tomorrow. Um, aye, yeah, I'd, I'd take a draw. Sit in the fence, take a draw. Yeah, well, what scoreline are you going for then? The scoreline am I going to go? Oh, blimey. Um, nil, nil. <sighs> no, I, I, I think I think there'll be goals, but. Aye, this is uh, the St. Johnson Aberdeen game Yeah, that we're think, discussing because yeah. we record the podcast on a Monday evening. I think one each. I'll take one each tomorrow. I think they'll both score, but won't be a winner. One each. Right, well, I'm, I'm going to predict a, a 2-0 victory to St. Johnson. Oh, we're just jumping into oh. that now, are we? We're just going to do this one. We are. Aye, Laura, you, you've taken us down this path. Just get out of the way. So, uh, tomorrow, I'm going to go 0-0 because... Because... Uh, because Aberdeen are rubbish and St Johnson are missing their two strikers, so yeah, nil nil. So on Saturday, the the first game of the weekend is Aberdeen against Hibs. Aberdeen popping up again, and this this is the the live game of the weekend. Kick off half twelve on ESPN. 
which is surprising and refreshing that the TV companies have avoided the old firm. So I think... What's refreshing, sorry? What game's live at the weekend? Aberdeen against Hibs. I think it's refreshing that they've not chosen the old firm. Yeah, are they, are they not contractually obliged? Yeah, they have to. They can't. They can't cover more than the old firm games. I don't. I don't think. I think if the TV companies had their way, mate, they would be. You would have that. Um, you'd have Rangers and Celtic on every weekend. I know that there's a limit on how many times they can show games from a, a certain stadium, so they couldn't show like Rangers at home every week or Celtic at home every week. Yeah. But, but yeah, I suppose a quota must come into it at some point. Yeah, they've got to show every team a certain amount of times, I think. I think they have to. I think you've got to show every team at least a certain amount of times. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they do. I'll see how refreshed you are when you have to watch Aberdeen Hibs next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to go for a, a nil-nil draw for this one. Uh, Aberdeen Hibs. See, that's tough, you know. It's generally tough because I really don't like Aberdeen. I never know who I want. I'd probably want it to be a draw as well. I'll just keep them both down there, fighting away. Because I never want Hibs to go down because we need someone to gain points against each season. Um, I'm actually going to go a narrow Hibernian victory. I'm going to go... <laughs> I always back him. It doesn't, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I'm going to go... I'm going to go 1-0 Hibs. I think, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go three 0 Hibs. Um, I think I've I've seen enough from the the five minutes of Far Park and the <laughs> and the weekend's uh, highlights, the three minutes of highlights. I saw to convince me that there's um, they're going to be they're going to be too good for Aberdeen. I think I think although it's two teams that are struggling, I think the contrast in the two teams and certainly Hibs in the last couple of weeks, they look as though they've got players now who are. Um, who are trying a leg, who are really up in their work rate and are really you know, desperate to start getting some points on the board. Flip side of that, if you look at Aberdeen, I'm still not convinced Aberdeen have got the core of a side that can that can dig themselves out of trouble um, in, in these sort of big games they've got coming up. So, um, yep, I, I fancy I fancy Hibs Saturday night. I'm going to go 3-0. And the next game up is Hearts against Unfermline. And Laurie, just for you, I'm going to go for a Hearts victory, 2-0. Ditto, yeah, two you know, I think that we'll still have some players at least till the fourteenth of January. So um, as long as we've got some players, I, I think they showed at Parkhead that they've still got a bit of fight in them, and you never know. It's Christmas, miracles happen. They might even be paid by then, but I wouldn't count on it. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, two nil Hearts. I, oh God, if we can't be done firm on at Tynecastle, then. They'd be as well. I'll just walk out now. I mean, there's no point in turning up. <laughs> I think I think Hearts for me as well. Um, a good showing at Parkhead at the weekend, uh, and again, I think the bigger problem is more sort of off the park than you know on the park just now with Hearts. So I, I think they'll be too strong for, for the Fairlands. So I'm going to go three-one. And the next match up is Kilmarnock against Dundee United, and I mentioned earlier about the Paul Ban charity bet that unfortunately didn't come up. It was Aberdeen against St Mirren, which ended 2-2. This week, I couldn't get in touch with Paul Band again, so I've asked Greg to choose 
what match he thought would end in a, a nil-nil, and Greg has given the Kilmarnock Dundee United game as his prediction. So, Greg, I'm going to I'm going to follow you on that one and go for the the nil-nil as well. Oof, really? I just couldn't see past goals in this one. Like just with the way I've seen these two teams defend recently. Uh, last for... It's for charity, Laurie. Think of the charity. That's why you're not picking the poor band there. <laughs> well, but, exactly. Um, I'm Laurie, not, I'm that's, I'm... Why, that's why it's good. <laughs> Twice going to be renamed the one man clapping charity bet about uh, about quarter to five on Saturday. I'm going to go two two, Kelly two, Dun United two. Kelly seemed to be a bit iffy at the back on occasion. Yeah, I see a few goals in this. I'm afraid. I hope I'm wrong. You know, I'm often wrong anyway, so it's a good chance it'll be wrong. Two two. And Greg, we already know you're going for a nil nil. What's your thinking behind it? I think I, I watched Dundee United come up to um, Fir Park and, and, and they come up there and they looked for a draw. So I know they're capable of um, of sitting in and making it tough. I've also I've seen Kamarik a couple of times this season as well, and you know, on their day they're a decent side and they can get goals. But I've also seen them struggle a wee bit too. And I think I think Dundee United will do enough to stifle um, to stifle the attacking threat of Kamarik. I don't think they'll offer a great deal up front. They get a lot of goals and. On Saturday, which um, which is fair enough, but I don't see them repeating the feat on uh, on the weekend. So that's the that's a charity bet. Well, hopefully it comes up. Fingers crossed, yeah. And uh, the next match up is your team, Greg Motherwell against St Mirren. I think Motherwell are going to continue the their winning ways, but this time it's going to be at home and uh, might be in the their their beautiful grey strip. I'm going to go for a, a two-one victory to Motherwell. I don't think. Yeah, no, that's um. Sorry, Laurie, on you go. No, I was just going to say I don't think they'll be wearing their grey kit because you're no, uh, you're not meant, are you? You're allowed are to you? wear it for I think three or four home matches. Yeah, but season. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it's a, I don't think you can just pick and choose like that, can you? Because some men wear yeah. black and white though. They're going to wear grey. They'll wear their home kit. You're you. the you're the home team. It's up to you. I remember reading the SPL guidelines and you're allowed to do it at home for three or four times a season. I'm sure the ref will say... But I'm, but I'm 99, 99% sure that they won't. But <laughs> they right, carry on with your prediction, <laughs> Greg. I, um, I think we've started a wee bit at home and it's, it's, it's certainly um, it's certainly our home form at the moment, which isn't really mother our away form, but I think... I think it's going to come good, and I think it's going to come good on Saturday. So I'm going to go four nothing Motherwell. Somebody's uh, somebody's going to get a leather up at Fir Park, and fingers crossed it's going to be St. Man. How many goals are going to hit off backsides and knees and faces? Doesn't matter, mate. I'll count. I'll count. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Motherwell will probably win. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think St Mirren have hit a bit of a, a rocky patch, you know, conceding two against Aberdeen, you didn't really get lower than that. Um, so, <laughs> I'm just trying to wind everyone up today. Um, yeah, I'm going to go 3-1 Motherwell. Nothing spectacular, you know what they're like, all this winning malarkey, whatever. It's boring, doesn't it? It's boring <laughs> after a while. So the next game up is Rangers uh, against Inverness. I think Rangers are going to stroll this one. Especially being at home, I think they're going to win this one four 0 Got a lot of confidence. I think Jelovic is back on form, despite despite underperforming, to be honest, on Saturday. But he got the two goals, so I think it's going to spur him on. Four 0 You just call him Jelovic for the banter, or do you actually like saying it that way? 
just out of interest. <laughs> is it not Yelovich? That's what I always say. Is it not Yelovich? Yeah, it is Yelovich, yeah. Just... Did I call him Jelovich? You always do. I just didn't want to say uh... I just didn't want to say anything. I just, I'm just in one of those moods today, just being pernickety. Um, no, it doesn't matter. Big Jelovich up there, you can... Yeah, as soon as you've said 4-0, my confidence is just drained in Rangers now, so I think it'll be a, a scabby 1-0. Just, you know, maybe a penalty. Dubious, just so Celtic can get up in arms about something again. Make things interesting on the forum. <laughs> one nil Rangers, the dubious penalty. Yeah, I agree. I think I think they'll grind another one out. It might not be spectacular, but they're certainly looking as though they're, they're doing enough at the moment to keep clocking the points up. So I'm going to go 2 nil, 2 nil Rangers. And Sunday's game, which is a, a 3 o'clock kick-off, is St. Johnson against Celtic. But the the game isn't on TV as far as I can see, but it is on BBC Alba. They're replaying it at half five, can't so you don't wait. have to wait too long. I can't wait. I, with that amazing just, amazing commentary you get as well, makes it mild makes it mildly entertaining. <laughs> so I think they, I think the Celtic will win this one. I think St Johnson they're, they're missing the the strike force, my man Sandaza and Sheridan. So I think Celtic are, are going to win this one. I'm going to go for a 3-1 victory to Celtic. Oh, you fancy a goal? I don't fancy St Johnson to score, to be honest. <clears throat> I fancy 2-0. Pretty comfortable 2-0, though. So, yeah. 2-0 to the away side. Yeah, I think I think St Johnson will do well to keep the score down um, on Sunday. They, I, I, again, like uh, like Ori, I, I can't see them getting anything at the other end. They offered, they offered a little in the way of attack. Um at the weekend, they are sort of resorting to a lot of long ball second half, which I would imagine the Celtic defence would be able to deal with. So I'm going to go 3-0. going to go for a goal fest this weekend, 3-0 Celtic. Yeah, it's going to be a goal fest going by your predictions. Apart but... from the uh, one-man clapping charity bet, of course. <laughs> Does it have to be renamed for one week only? Got to be renamed for this week, especially if we win. If we win, Paul bans out. <laughs> it's like taking penalties. If, if, if you're on the penalties and you score, you get the bet next week. So if you're listening, Paul, you could be getting Unseated just shortly, mate. <laughs> it's confidence. confidence. <laughs> I've got to be confident. That, that brings us to the, the end of the podcast. But before we go, I thought I would read out a, a poem from the forum that Kamshi posted. He started a, a thread called Christmas Poem in the off-topic section. And there's quite a few attempts in there. I, I even made an attempt, but I'm not going to read it out because it's rubbish. But if you want to go on and, and have a read of it, uh, there's one from me, Johnny Rob, Bundy, Japester, Sheep. There's quite quite a few poems in there. Jimmy's got involved as well. But I thought I'd read the, the poem that started off the thread. And, well, I hopefully, hopefully Camshay will forgive me because I, I won't do it justice, but I'll, I'll give it a try. As Christmas time is drawing near, the holidays are here. The days and nights on SFF, boy, they are a sight. When all the users are on at night, you're sure to get a fright. You can post a million times a night, any time you like, but just beware this Christmas night, as I'm sure to post tonight. Are you green or are you blue will depend if you're right, but some wear red and orange tops and even purple too, so if your team is pinky blue, well, we don't give a shite. A Christmas night for one and all, I'm sure we're going to fight, but never fear the footies here and back to here we will be. With opinions here and predictions there, you can't always end up right, but only if you care to say 
that we all do talk such shite. Merry Christmas. That, do I have to bleep that out? Are, are we allowed to swear? You're allowed to swear when it comes to poetry. Right. That's that's the official rules of the SFF podcast. <laughs> the official rules. So that brings us to the end. So th- thanks a, a lot for coming on, Greg. Uh, no problem, guys. Always a pleasure. You're not going to mention that. Yes, ne- you're not going to mention next week. I thought you were going to mention next week. Oh, next week we've got a a big night out. The SFF <laughs> Christmas night out. Day. Well, Afternoon. it's a day because it starts at <laughs> two o'clock. Yeah, but yeah, if anyone's interested in coming along, we're kicking off at two o'clock in Glasgow with full <laughs> details on the forum. Make it sound like we're kicking off in Glasgow and then moving somewhere else. Right, we start in Glasgow, and we're going to move to <laughs> Well, we'll see where the day takes us. But yeah, full details are on the forum if you go to the members-only section. So I'll be there. Laura will be there. Maybe. Greg's washing his hair, I think. <laughs> Ironically enough, Greg's, uh, Greg's watching some Scottish football. Uh, at the same time, the Scottish football forum's night that's happening. Saturday at 2 o'clock, you having a joke? I was going to say, what, what genius thought that up? I know, like, we're, we're Scottish football <laughs> When's the best time to have a meet-up? Uh, we'll have a meet-up when all the Scottish football teams are uh, playing. Uh, so. <laughs> so there's going to be a few there. So, uh, yeah, if you want to come along. I forgot that Craig likes to watch from the couch, doesn't he? Well, Sorry. Kenny Shields says I'm not a real fan. Have you ever been to a football like game it. before? Uh, it hurt my feelings. <laughs> I was at a football game just the other week. Uh, it doesn't count when you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, well, thanks a lot, guys, for coming on again. No worries. And, well, speak to you next week. (laughs) (laughs) That was was my cat saying bye. Say bye as well. See you later, cat. Right, cheers. Thanks. Bye. Bye.